Welcome to the Botstuber Austrian American Podcast, produced by the Botstuber Institute for Austrian American Studies. We feature interviews with experts examining the historic relationship between the United States and Austria. My name is Jonathan Singerton, and I'm your host for today. Since 1946, the Austro-Hungarian Society in Vienna has been promoting the cultural ties between Austria and the United States through a wide range of social activities. Today we are joined by Vic Huber, Programme Director of the Austro-American Society. Mr. Huber has been an active member of the Society since the 1950s, rising from a disc jockey to an American honorary consul. As an American honorary consul and the Society's Programme Director, he was responsible for the cultural events of society in Vienna, organising talks on America by diplomats, academics and authors, as well as planning musical evenings and dances. A living embodiment of Austrian-American relations, Vic Huber shares with us his lifelong journey with American culture in what he calls I Did It My Way, from DJ to HC. Vic Huber, thank you for being here today. Would you please introduce yourself for our listeners at home? Uh, I'm Vic Huber from the Austro-American Society. I'm a member of the Board of Trustees uh, and also the Program Director. Uh, I'm in charge of all the programs, all the range, everything we do, uh, including music, economy and politics. I'm working, I'm, I'm in the office, running the office, uh, running the shows, as we call it. So, well. It, it's just, it's a lot of fun for me, and I love to do it. And it's always in the background that I do something that is very important for both nations, for the United States of America and for Austria. Yes, and of course, I should not forget to mention that I have very good ties for all the many years that I'm working here with the American Embassy, and I was always able to convince one of the people from the Embassy to give a talk about political economy, whatever came up to. That reminds me, have you ever been to the United States? Oh, this question I've been asked for ages. <laughs> I even had an uh, introduction for New York about 10 or 12 years ago. But the whole reason is, is I am so terribly afraid of flying. So uh, I, I think uh, I might be someone like the legendary author Karl May, who wrote so many books about other places, also from the States. And I know so much about the American state, every, all the countries, and I love, you see, we all did a lot of PowerPoint presentations. Uh, one of the last one I had was uh, Missouri Adventures. So I know America quite well, but I never have been there. And I don't think I will manage. And if you could go, where would you go? Where would love to go? Oh, I love New England. I just I happened to be able to watch some PowerPoint presentations about New England, and my favorite spot would be, I said, just would be Vermont. So you would think of yourself as a very Viennese person? Yeah. Completely. This is what I can say about my work and, and all my interests and my dreams, of course, going to Vermont someday, but I don't think I will manage. But with the Austro-American Society, you can go there in your mind. Yeah, it's always in my mind. And how long has the Austrian-American Society been running? Since 1948? Well, we started in uh, 1946. For, on the American side, you had the black and white minstrel shows, you had the vaudeville comedy. And then in comes old Europe. 
because in the beginning it was a sort of operetta. And why? Because the composers at the very beginning was an Irishman by the name of Victor Herbert. Uh, and it was known at the time that uh, the legendary Dale Carnegie said his dream of life is sitting up on a cloud and listening to the whole day to the music of Victor Herbert. But also comes in the old Austin monarchy, uh, because I don't think that people might know too much about the whole story. It was Sigmund Rundberg and Rudolf Frimmel, who were the first people who did uh, something like a musical. But it was very important that in 1924, the first original American musical came out. It was a showboat based on a book from Edna Farber. And this is how the original American music started. It's a long story that I don't want to tell, but uh, they had people like Rogers and Hammerstein, Irving Berlin. By the way, Irving Berlin originally came from Russia, uh, and he became famous in the States. So this is a part of the musical. And jazz, of course, jazz. Uh, you had people in the swing era from Glenn Miller, Artie Shaw, Harry James. And so this is how it started. And don't forget the classical side. Uh, there, there's an orchestra that I'm not so sure if a lot of people know about, the legendary Hollywood Bowl Symphony Orchestra directed by Carmen Dragon. What was your first um, American piece of culture? How did you hear about America on the radio? How did you know to yes, listen of course. to America on the radio? It was uh, the American, the, the forces, they had the, the American forces had a network here in Vienna, and I had the honor of being able to visit this radio station. And uh, so somehow in this time, my idea was born, become a DJ. And that's how it started from a DJ to a consul. So this was your American dream in Vienna when you were Yes, young. of course, it is American dream in Vienna and it's still deep within my heart. So how did that work out? How did you become uh, a DJ or how did you get interested um, in You American see, I soon found out that you have to do something in life. This is more practical than just a DJ. And so I had to concentrate on my work. Um, Originally, my whole life was working in a ladies' fashion. I attended a famous school in Vienna, and just by chance, and thanks to our general secretary at the time, I was introduced to one of the largest textile companies in Austria. I started with them on 64, and it was very, very hard way to start because I just used to be a sales clerk before and over the night I was responsible for a production of a factory with more than 100 people. It was colder than cold water to me, uh, but I managed and I, I worked my way up, but in my spare time it was only the Austro-American Society for me and as I said, it started as a DJ. I did a lot of um, presentations with LPs of the vinyl age. And in 1973, overnight, the whole thing changed because people wanted live music. 
And this uh, chapter in my life or in my work for the Austro-American Society, I would call it started with a drink and a sandwich because I'm so proud that in my whole life and since I'm working for the Austro-American Society, I always was able to bring along people who didn't get paid. But what they did get from me was sandwich and a drink. And so I had to work up my way with those live productions, started with two or three groups. One of them I remember in my early days uh, was uh, the Milestones. It did a lot of, this was in the folk era with the Milestones. And then we had a bluegrass group called the Bluegrass Specials. And this is how it all started with the live production since that time each and every Friday night is music night, as I said before, and it's always a live production. And later on, it was in 1996, I was asked from the Secretary General of the Austrian Society uh, also to take over the office. And so it gave me more chance to improve myself and to work up other things. So I started with economy, uh, presenting people, uh, CEOs from various companies, and six years ago, this is I'm really very proud of, I'm rubbing my shoulders with diplomats, uh, this is called the Celebrity Corner, and where at least three or four times in a year I have opportunity to induce ambassadors from various countries. Do you remember your very first day at the Austrian-American Society? The first days? Yeah, I started as a, just a simple member and for, for three years I was a member and then the people who was in charge with the music department found out that I knew much more about American music thanks to the American Forces Network, so they very politely asked me, please take over and that all happened in the 56. And how long has the Austrian-American Society been running? Could you tell us something about its history? Yes, of course. You see, we were founded in 1946. And just to say a few words about the organization, uh, the aim, perhaps you, people might be interested, the aim, what we are here for, uh, uh, we are here to enhance the relationship between the United States of America and Austria. Uh, we are, this is very important, a non-partisan, and non-profit Austrian association with independent uh, branches in Carinthia, Upper Austria, Salzburg, Styria and Tyrol. Thank you. Um, your program for the Austrian-American Society is quite large. Could you tell us what you do in the Austrian-American Society here in Vienna? Uh, as I said before, it's a whole range that uh, I'm presenting um, on Friday night, it's always Friday night is music night, the same phrase that is used by the BBC. Uh, and uh, there we have a large variety of American music, also international music. Uh, they have much about the country music. This is very popular. We, for many, many years, we had a square dancing, original American square dancing. Uh, I'm presenting people from the classical field, the musical, uh, and uh, well, also jazz. Jazz is also a very important part. And not forgetting my favorite uh, American music, the musical American musical theater. 
And who were these people running the Austrian-American society in the 1950s and 60s? In the 50s, the people. Mm -hmm. You see, there are a lot of people who came to our organizations because in these years, America was like a dream to them. So we call the American dream. And they, they, they are fascinated about the American way of life, of the music, of course, uh, perhaps also from Coca-Cola, I don't know. but. It was the music that they were coming from, and, and the culture, of course, of the United States of America. And the people who ran this uh, in your history of the Austro-American Society, a small leaflet that you produced, um, there's one name that stands out, and that is Professor Dr. Manfred Markov. Could you tell us um, who Dr. Yes, of course, he was uh, one of our presidents, and uh, he was a president who was in charge for nearly 30 years. And he also had a very interesting background, if you might be interested in it. He used to study in the United States. And this is the reason that when he came back from the States, uh, uh, Martin Markov is also a dynasty in the economy in Austria. And then he joined us uh, being uh, the president, and he was there until his death. And he was really in rain, and it was a very, very, very nice guy, and uh, he did so much for us. And then six years ago, we had a new president who came from the diplomatic field, uh, uh, the former Secretary General of the Foreign Office, Dr. Albert Rohan. And uh, I'm very sad to say that uh, he is leaving. Uh, he thinks that uh, there might be younger people needed. And so when we have our general assembly sometimes at the end of this year, there will be a introduction of uh, a younger president. You see, there's a sort of a generation gap. You have to change something. But I'm the old one who still stays around. You're the glue that binds it all together, you might say. Yes. So. Could you tell us about the current situation of the Austro-American society? How are things Yes, going? you see, the situation is this. Uh, that, uh, I said I have the advantage because everyone who is giving a concert or doing some talk to us is doing it without getting paid. And so our funds are very, very low, of course, and uh, we have a small office here. Uh, and uh, the funding, of course, is the most important thing for us. Uh, but uh, because of the economy situation has changed in the past 10 years, uh, it's really very, very difficult to find some companies who might be willing to sponsor us even with a small amount. And so just being a member of the Board of Trustees, it's also very important for me to look for the financial side. And uh, hopefully, you see, I'm working on that. We might be able to find some sponsors to keep us going. That means not for my evenings because I don't pay anything at all, but just keeping afloat the Austrian society and our office. And so hopefully I find someone who say, okay, you're doing so great things, we will sponsor you. So what are the current events going on in the Austrian-American society? You are programming, you told me before yes, I arrived today, up course, until May. Yeah, I have every, every Friday, as I told you. And um, this is a relict from my work in economy that I'm always working in advance. It means right now, uh, at the beginning of October, uh, I'm planning for next year, January, February already booked, 
And uh, we have a lot of interesting things also on January, shouldn't forget to mention it. On the 18th of January, we have a very good American friend of mine, a teacher by the name of Jeff Crowder, and uh, he is famous for his dialogues with the Californian Viennese. When he uh, is speaking his reading, it's always a mixture of American and Viennese dialect. Uh, and I also should mention, in the beginning of February, we have the visit of the ambassador from Slovenia. And now in October and November, we also have a lot of things going on. Also, you see, I always try to find out something new. And something new will be on the 15th of November. I made the acquaintance of a lady who is in charge of the ballet club of the opera. And we will do a sort of uh, discussion with uh, two famous people. One is an American conductor by the name of Kevin Rhodes, and the other one is a former boss of the ballet at the opera. Uh, this is really something new. Uh, don't know how it will work out, but if it will work out, then uh, it might help us, of course, to give the people more about the average program that we do. And uh, for a chance that this coming Friday, um, we have a group called the Mockingbirds. They do country music back to the roots. Uh, then we also have a Hawaii evening here. We won't believe it. We have hula hula girls, but they're all from Vienna. And this will be on the 23rd of November. Uh, we have three musicians. It's a Hawaii group, but they also are all Viennese. And it will be a sort of having some music and watching traditional Hawaiian dances by the group called Hula o Hawaii. Uh, and uh, there's also another tradition that each and every year we have our Christmas uh, celebration here, inviting all our members and friends to have a good evening with program, of course. Uh, we, the audience, are forced to sing along with us. The first part of the program will be in German, and the second part is devoted to all the legendary American Christmas songs, like, Oh, Come, Are You Faithful? Um, and we miss you, Merry Christmas, Santa Claus is coming to town, Rudolph the Red Man. Well, just mentioned, we do it. So looking back at the Austrian-American Society's yeah. programs, uh, in the past, I see you played orchestra pieces by Brahms and Mozart, and you had speakers. Yeah, yeah this, was a, this was original start, official start. Uh, and there's also something that's very important to mention, that in 1996, we had our 50th anniversary, and it was a great, great, great event going on on the Stock of Eisenplatz, on the Stephansdom, with uh, 1,000 kids. And we also had music, of course. It's, you know, music is my life apart from my work. And uh, I was able to present the county group to all the people, all the honorary, like CEOs and then people from the culture and so on. And it was really such a thrill for me to present this to the audience and to give them a chance what we are doing. And I should also mention that everything we did was just without money involved. And uh, one of the main programs was, of course, were the Friday nights. People loved so much American Square Dance. 
we had a caller, a caller, he was an Austrian, but he picked up his knowledge from the American forces in Austria in the 50s, in the early 50s, in the late 40s, and he was just wonderful, this guy. Um, and uh, unfortunately, six years ago, he passed away, and since that time, no square dance left because no one from the younger generation knows how to do it. So what, looking back on your involvement with the Austrian American Society, what would you say is the highlight of your time here? What was the most... My, my highlights, okay, it's very difficult to say because there were so many highlights for me, uh, but I really should say that this anniversary, this 50th year's anniversary was one of my highlights. And four years before that, I was very proud to present a program um, which was uh, founded by the Austrian government, by the major of Vienna, Helmut Silk, uh, that disabled children from the States were invited to come to Austria for four or five days. And my part for entertaining these disabled people was to put together for them a show at the Kursalon in Stadtpark. We had three parts. We started, what else could it be, with the country music. Then the second part was done by an American singer who also did it as a sort of a hobby. She was working at the United Nations, actually. And she gave a concert with some traditional American songs and classical songs. And the third part, I was very proud about it, we were presenting the, the Waltz girls. But just between you and me, all those three girls, none of them were Viennese. They came from other parts of the world, but they were introduced as the Viennese Waltz girls. These were, this is really my highlights, but you see, to tell the truth, there were so many other highlights for me during the years. Don't forget that I was celebrating my 60th anniversary as being active for the Austrian society and so and, and I always try to, to find out new highlights for me and I will do it as long as I can walk and talk. Okay, one of your highlights. Yeah, yeah well, you see, I uh, shouldn't forget to mention one of the highlights, uh, speaking of discovering new talents. Uh, for 20 years now I'm a member of the Vienna Community Church just over there and uh, Ten years ago, so on a Sunday concert, when the choir was singing, I heard a voice so beautiful. And the next day I gave the call to the pastor, Jim, I need someone for my celebration. Who is that girl? Uh, we'll get you in touch. And two days afterward, I got a call. Hi, my name is Rebecca Nelson, and I would love to perform for you. And after this, we had two or three years where she was giving concerts here. Then I introduced her to a friend of mine who is uh, the boss of an artist agency. And he took her over on his wings. And now Rebecca Nelson is a very well-known personality and singer giving concerts all over the world in Salzburg in Vienna at the Folks Opera. And this makes me so proud that from a very simple beginning, singing in a church choir. I took her out of this choir, gave her a chance to have the first concert in her life here, and then she made her way, become a very, very well-known star on 
folk opera, and she used to work in Germany. And so I, okay, this was a very happy moment for me meeting her. So that brings me on to my final question. What do you think the future of the Austro-American society is? Yeah, there, it's not so easy. Uh, as I said before, the funding for the Austro-American society, and then there's such a program, not only with the Austro-American society. Yes, I should also say that I'm working together with many, many other nations here. There's a it's organization called PAN, and they involve more than 100 Austro-foreign societies, and I'm known for doing so much to present programs together with all those uh, other societies. Uh, but again, I said it's it's very difficult, uh, but it works out, of course, and it's. I think that uh, with doing this, I'm a sort of uh, American ambassador introducing our culture to other nations and in return, they introduce their culture to us. So this is very important for me. And uh, it's, it's a highlight now for more than 30 years that I do it. Does this exchange happen only in Vienna or to the other parts of the Austro-American society in the other we, cities? We have, we have local branches, uh, as I said, we mentioned before. Uh, and they also they are very very active, uh, but the main problem for them is usually it's the money they can't do too much and then they they really do their best and then last year our Salzburg branch was celebrating the sound of music uh, at the regional place with music from this uh, motion picture and musical, uh, but they can't do too much because it's always the same old story money, the funding. And um, the membership is still the same or? Membership, no, you see, uh, it's, uh, it's up to each branch in Austria how much they ask. I can tell you now we are asking for a single membership for a year, 21 euros and for family 25. But I think I have to do something when we have a next general assembly, we have to raise this membership fee because you see, we are presenting more than 30 various programs each and every year. And so it would be worth much more money to be a member. But it's, it's a, yes, and another problem that I would like to say at the end, that the generation gap. Younger people are not interested in the activities of all these various Austro-foreign societies, organizations, uh, because we are mainly based on culture and young people are more interested happenings, more clubbing uh, or something like that. So it, it's, it's very difficult for all the many organizations, but nevertheless, we keep on trying and I also will try when we have a new president to find a way to attract younger people, but it won't be easy because there's so much going on. For instance, when I used last Friday my program, it was country music. I had to say at the beginning of the presentation, don't forget, at this very evening, at the same evening, there are more than 20 other events going on in Vienna, and you could be proud to be with one of the best. Thank you very much, Vikuba. It was a pleasure and uh, hope that uh, everything I said was might be at least a little bit interesting to the viewers.
Thank you. If you found today's podcast interesting, please visit the Austro-American Society's website, www.oag.mov.at. The Botsteber Austrian-American Podcast is produced by the Botsteber Institute for Austrian-American Studies, which seeks to promote an understanding of the historic relationship between the United States and Austria, including the Habsburg Empire. To learn more about our grants, publications, events, and other programming, visit botsteberbias.org or find us on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube.